Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. Today's podcast, we are talking about the overwhelm that strikes everybody online. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 66. 66, we are talking about overwhelm. What happens when people go into overwhelm? Are you suffering from overwhelm? I think we all suffer from overwhelm somewhere along the way. There is so much to learn, so much to do. How do you attack it? How do you make it work for you? And how do you take a breath and say, you know what, this is not so bad? Speaking of taking a breath, here comes the lovely Heather Porter. Hey, H. Hello, Andrew, and hello, hello, everybody. How are you guys? Hope you're well wherever you are in the world right now. How are you, H? What's going on? Yeah, I'm really good, actually. I think we've had a really good week, you and I. We're, we're doing like um, a rebrand of our business and we're focusing on our next 90-day plan and a lot of clarity. Um, you know, it's been good. It has been good, actually. Um, and I strongly suggest businesses do this sort of stuff because um, and what, this sort of stuff meaning, you know, have a look, take a, take a break, take a breath, have a look at what you're doing, where you've been. Uh, and then find out where do you want to go from there and then start to put in a plan. And you know, I've been doing that over the last couple of days and we have a lot more couple of days to go, <laughs> Yeah. but it's just given us a whole lot of clarity around what we want to do and, and how we want to go, what we want to do moving forward. I think it's kind of a part of why we've just come up with this whole business overwhelm topic because we have so much we want to accomplish in the next year. And like anyone, you you have you see all the stuff that you want to accomplish and you get overwhelmed. But when you actually do exercises like chunking it down into actually 90-day chunks and then from there the bits that you have to do and how to actually accomplish each of those steps, it suddenly becomes clear and doable, which yeah. is important. You know, I think um, we looked at this – uh, just for people listening, we looked at what we were doing, and we had a lot of things going on. And you know, someone said to us, "Oh, how do you keep up with it all?" And we sort of shook our heads and said, "We just, we just do." But realistically, yeah. it wasn't good for us because we had too many irons and too many fires. So we actually cut a lot of things out. You know, middle of last year, and now, although you know, we've got a lot of things that we want to do this year, we believe they're all achievable without losing focus on what we need to get done. So. Very important. Yes. So now, Andrew, what have you learned over the last week? Oh, well, I discovered something really, really cool. Now, I think many, 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 many moons ago, I spoke about one of my favorite apps on the laptop or on desktop called Enounce or MySpeed where you could speed up videos and you could watch videos in a faster speed, you know, because I love listening to videos. I I watch, watch videos all the time, especially educational ones. Mm. And, um, you know, but sometimes you don't want to listen to them at normal speed. You can, you can actually take in the information faster than what they speak about. Anyway, I've discovered a new app on the iPad called Swift. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this app? No, does it do the same thing? So it does it the up? same thing, right? But it's not just videos. It does audios as well. And you can download movies. You can download in there or you can stream it straight from a website, whether it's YouTube or whatever. 
uh, so or iTunes. So you're not only are you streaming this stuff faster and in and taking it in, you can actually bookmark sections to listen to it over again and again and again if you want to. But um, yeah. Swift is a uh, very very cool app. It's it is expensive though. It's going to cost you three dollars and ninety nine cents. But if you can afford that, then you are going to enjoy Swift because I've um, you know, we we got a lot of educational programs and membership sites that we listen to, and sometimes those videos won't play on Enounce or MySpeed. So um, I play them on my iPad, and now I can carry this stuff around and watch whatever I want to watch um, in super fast speed, which is pretty <laughs> pretty pretty cool. Now, um, do you use do you use anything like that a speeding up device at all? No, you know, I don't. And I know I know that you could take in information like speed rating, you could take it in faster. And I guess it's just because I've never gotten around to trying it out. But um, right. I could see how it could work. I think it'd be quite funny at the same time initially. Everyone's talking like chipmunks. Well, no, they're not. That's the thing, though. They're not. See, um, it, they've taken the chipmunk ability out of it. So you can actually <laughs> listen to the person in normal speed. And it really makes sense. And especially... Because here's what I like to do. I like to go through a training. And, you know, I used to sit there and take notes. And as I get to the first point, I'd sit there and I'd pause and I'd write the notes down on my, on my, on my notepad or whatever. And then, um, then find out later on that that note wasn't really as important as the next one. And I've wasted time. So now I like to go through this real fast, get the overview of it, and then go back and maybe a touch slower but write the notes knowing what's coming up. And I think um, I think I get better notes now from doing that because I can flick through it real quick instead of an hour video. I'm watching it in you know 20 minutes or so, and uh, I get a really good overview of it. And I don't have to know every single thing that they say. I just need to know the overview. So then when I go back and listen to it, I can write notes and I know what's coming. It's a good little tip for those of us that are overwhelmed and think, oh my gosh, I have so many videos I want to watch. Maybe yes. trying a tool like this could actually help you out because you'll get through more of them faster. Yes. Yeah, so Swift, shout out to Swift. Good job, Swift. I'm very happy with your app so far. Now, cool. what about you? What did you learn? What did you discover this week? <laughs> Discovery. And a, and a good one. You know, again, it kind of comes back to that whole overwhelm thing. But I've had a few people approach me this week saying, oh, I got this website designed and... Um, I, I'm sitting here and I, and I don't think it's actually doing anything for my business. And I actually have no idea if everything is in the right place and even if I've written the right information on it in the first place. And I, I've learned again this week that so many people, again, are so overwhelmed. They don't know where to start when it comes to their online business. So they kind of do things backwards. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a web designer instead of a web strategist first. And they're getting a website just thrown together based on, you know, there's loads of good designers out there. Absolute kudos to all you guys. But I find that what works best is you have a strategist that then has a team or works with your team um, to get a web design created. Mm. And that is a very specific role that is the web design. And then the second set of that is once that's actually created, then you get a web coder. I have found that a lot of people are hiring web people that do both. Mm. And it's such and it's such a different skill set. I mean, you have your creative brain that does the design. And then you need somebody that's right up to date on the best coding for, for mobily responsive design for, you know, things that look and just they look clean and professional. So this week, I guess what I learned again is People are, are, are a lot of times going in backwards when they really should be thinking bigger picture first, the strategy and the outcome of what they want online. 
then finding the people that excel in different areas, strategist, web designer, and web programmer or web developer. I think that is such a key thing for all business owners is having a team of those three around you, whether you outsource them or that you have them in your immediate team is great. You know, either way, it's important to look at that. Yeah, you know, even um, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we people say, oh, can you do all three? I'm like, not really. But, you know, we have a coder on our team. He's just brilliant. Right? He's yeah. Just, rock and roll, but he doesn't do any design at all. He's like, oh, yep. I, don't want, I don't want to touch design. Sure. Um, we yeah. have a designer on our team who does stuff and she's like, I don't want to touch coding. Don't let, don't make me do coding because they're <laughs> completely opposites. And then, you know, you yeah. and I help out with strategy stuff and, and neither of us really want to do any of those other two, you know? No. So, so it's, um, you really, if you get someone that says, I want to do all three, it's like, well, what are you, you're going to get a half-baked job on all three. Just think twice. And also, I, I'll warn all of you guys as well. Here's another thing I learned this week. A lot of people are buying themes from like Theme Forest and um, you know Woo Themes, which I love. And mm-hmm. we, we actually use a lot of these. Mm-hmm. However, they're buying them and then they think that just because that's how the demo looked on that particular site when they bought the theme, that's then, of course, where they're supposed to put all their stuff. Mm-hmm. The demos are displayed to show you everything that that theme can do. That's the idea of it. It's a portfolio of what that theme can do for your website, that look and feel of everything. But it's not how you should be building your website based on your business and your outcomes to to convert and get leads. You can use these themes as a base, but if you just take them out, out of the box and try and make it look like the demo, that's dangerous. You know, you're not going to get what you want in your online business. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the uh, the themes are fully maxed out. They have every yeah. bell and whistle they could possibly screw. Because remember, that's a demo. They want to show you what's possible mm-hmm. with those themes. Like, you don't have to have all of that either, by the way. Just an FYI, if you see something on a theme and you think, oh, I'm not going to buy that theme because it has this thing on it, then that thing usually can be turned off or taken away so it doesn't have that exactly. thing on it. So if you are exactly. looking at themes for your website and you're not choosing some because they have these extra bells and whistles, you can generally turn those off. So Or get customization for things that you don't find, which we recommend as well. So, you know, so I guess that that's really it, guys. Just just be thinking with the end in mind, like um like what we're gonna talk about in this episode of overwhelm. Oftentimes you think, I just need to throw it all together. I just need to get it to happen. But really take that extra moment to think um, I, you know, I, I want to have a thousand leads in say six months. Mm-hmm. What do I need to support that outcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so today's episode is all about overwhelm, and, and, yes. and this sort of stuff is exactly the perfect recipe for overwhelm. And people sit there and go, "I don't understand it. I don't know about it." And I was teaching during the week again. I was uh, I had a group of people where we were talking about um, Google Plus. Actually, I was teaching some Google Plus. I wasn't planning to teach Google Plus, but they all said, you know, we'd love to learn a bit about Google Plus. So I sort of chucked in some, um, chucked in a section on Google Plus and, yeah. you know, they're all like scratching their heads going, how do we keep up with that? We've just been through Twitter and LinkedIn. We did Facebook last week with them. How do I keep up with this sort of stuff? Um, we don't even know where to start. And we're hearing this all the time is like, how do we get over this overwhelm problem that's happening everywhere? Mm-hmm. It's not going to go anywhere either. I mean, there's just more and more things, more and more changes always happening online and crazier apps and crazier functions and it's always going to be there. So it's just, I think it's more about the mindset mm-hmm. and how we as business owners approach the fact that 
we have to be online. There's no ifs, ands, or buts anymore about it. You have to be online. You have to have a good website. You have to have social media presence. You have to be monitoring your brand. You have to be doing all these things. So it's mm-hmm. about now knowing that you have to do it. How do you now manage your mindset and, and your overwhelm to make sure that you can do everything? Okay, so I'm going to chuck this back at you without <laughs> yeah. any warning. How do you manage your overwhelm? I mean, you... I mean, you're probably just one of those special people that don't get overwhelmed and stuff like that. But yeah, if right. you ever did, how would you manage it? What would you do? What do you do? How do you how do you go through that process? What's your what's your what's your theory or what's your method? You know, um, I I tend to again I think what has to happen first, and I work backward backward backwards. <laughs> so here's the thing: I remember, you know, there's this one time when I am. Um, was brought in to this startup magazine in Southern California called Revolt in Style. Always loved the name, by the way. Revolt <laughs> I love that name. in Style. And it was in San Diego. And uh, there's a change of hands in, in sort of, I guess, the guy that was owning it, looking for new blood to come in and, and help him out. And I was um, at the time running art, fashion, and music shows. So he thought, perfect, you know, Heather can come in and she can be our new fashion editor. And I'm thinking, cool, what does that mean? I write some articles. But here's, here's my first assignment. So my background was sort of events and planning events and stuff. But he says to me, his name is Thaddeus, cool name. Thaddeus says, hey, Heather, we need you to organize a fashion shoot to the for the front cover of next month's issue okay and I said right uh what's the budget oh oh this magazine we're startup we don't have a budget so but it's okay everyone will want to be in the magazine so you can just go find the models and the, the hair and the makeup and the all the outfits and do the the storyboard and whatever you need to do you just do it you'll get people involved <laughs> and thinking, oh my god are you uh-huh. kidding me so Perfect state of overwhelm. I'm sitting there thinking, right, so I've just been tasked with this momentous task and I have one month to pull it off. And I I don't even really, I mean, I know people because I did events in Southern California, but I was, do I know the right people? So here's how I, here's how I handled it, basically, Andrew. I, I thought, okay, so I need to have a, a front cover that also supplements with images in the inside of the magazine. So first of all, obviously, I need a photographer. Secondly, I need to have girls, models. Thirdly, I need to have the clothes. Fourthly, I need to have hair and makeup. And then I have to have a location. So I basically mapped out those components. And then I went to work sourcing and finding each one. Now, in this moment, and I think in any moment of overwhelm, you you can absolutely ask for help and you should ask for help. So, and be honest. So I literally called up a photographer I just found, you know, I had a business card floating around from someone I knew and this guy was up and coming and I said, look, I just got appointed a fashion editor for this magazine. I'm new at this. So please forgive me while I can't speak the language that you're accustomed to when being booked for photo shoots, Mm -hmm. first of all. So I, I, I was very upfront. And then secondly, I said to him, now I don't have a budget. But here, I've already thought through what I could give them, right, in exchange. I said, so here's all the things I can give you. And thirdly, look, if I organize everything for you and you just need to show up for an hour, how does that sound? And he's like, all right, I'm in. And I proceeded to do the same thing for clothing stores and everything I needed to to source this shoot. And ultimately, 
what happens is is that um, we have this beautiful shoot on the beach because, of course, I couldn't find anybody that would give me their space for free. We did it on the beach. I got up-and-coming models from a, a modeling school that were looking for work experience. Same with the hair and makeup. I, I sourced a beauty school. And next thing you know, Andrew, within one month, I was given this this organize a cover shoot to in that month, I handed over the most beautiful image that the um, editor-in-chief actually said he ever saw for the really? cover of this magazine. Mm. Awesome and I was job. brand new at this, and I didn't even know anything about it. So you know what? So here's my, here's my lesson to you guys. When you have something that seems so big and so frightening and so, oh, my gosh, I can't possibly do this, you can if you chunk it into the bits that you need to accomplish – Look for what specifically for each of those things you need to do and find the right team. Don't be scared to ask for help and look for where you can get this information. Mm, Awesome. Awesome. I love that story. And I love a couple of things in that. One is it's like eating an elephant. The same old story. And I had you eat the elephant one bite at a time. But you know what I I also love? And I I see this all the time with with, um, people that we deal with right now is the – was it the the manager of the – magazine who said oh um no no people it's a startup but people want to be on that on our magazine you know (laughs) assuming that people want your stuff and we see this with websites all the time we see people that want to um create a website and then they're like oh well if i just build it they'll come you know and it's so far from the truth and people get caught up with their own importance i think and uh, i love i just love the way that um people often think that and they don't think there's anything wrong with it either. No, no. Uh, look, I don't either. I mean, we all love our baby and we're excited and stuff about yeah. it and um, that to position it and sort of, sort of say, come on board is great. But at the same time, you have to come from the perspective always of what's in it for the other person. That's why when I spoke to the photographer, I, always, I already mapped out in my head what's in it for each of these people and how can I explain to them that I'm a newbie in this industry. And so I don't sound like a complete idiot when I'm not asking the right questions, you know? So I, I was very clear about that. So then they had that time for me and then they, they were forgiving and lovely and wanted to work with me. Um, mm. So I think when you jump in and you try and say, push, 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 here's what I have instead of, hey, um, how can I help you? Or I think this is how this can help you. Would yeah, you right. like to hear what mm. I have to say? Yeah. But what about you? I mean, like, I think one thing that you and I have been learning about overwhelm is that what is overwhelming now is not overwhelming even a day or a week, a year, a month in the future. No, no, you're right. You know, I think um, I, I get I, I, there's a there's a saying that I think Tony Robbins comes up with, and I know you may cringe when I say Tony Robbins, but because um, I worked with him, yeah, because <laughs> you worked with him for so long. Um, but you know, he says this too shall pass. You know, yeah. so whatever's happening for you right now, just know that that will pass. Whatever, however that, however that fits for you. But you know, when I was in hotels, I was in um, hotels for seventeen years. So I spent a lot of time in in pubs in Australia. And if you don't know, if you're listening to this podcast through some other country in the world, um, hotels are like Starbucks. There's one on every corner in Australia, pretty much, and they're very cultural. So it's not a dodgy bar where. Um, well, there are dodgy bars in Australia. Don't get me wrong, but like the hotel industry is very family-centered. It can be a place where you take your family, you take your kids, you have a um, you know you have a meal there. 
you have a there's a big restaurant. There's often a lot of kids playrooms and that sort of stuff as well. Mm. And um, so I was in that industry for 17 years. I got in there just as I left school, just as I turned 18 actually, because in Australia you can drink when you're 18. So I could work there. And I thought I'd been there for three months, and it took me seven, 17 years to get out. But I remember specifically, I, I was working for a nightclub. We just first first night it was the biggest nightclub in the southern hemisphere it was huge it was a monster wow. of a thing we could fit um at any one time we could fit 2000 people in and um at the time all of the other local bars and places had been getting shut down because poker machines or slot machines had just come into victoria in my state and all these bars were getting rid of their nightclubs so they could put these poker machines in and there was nowhere for kids to go. So this new nightclub was getting opened up and everyone was so excited out in the suburbs. And um, opening night, it was crazy. We, we got everything ready and, and we had a queue out the front of the door. It literally went for nearly a, a mile. It was phenomenal. It was like, what? These people, want we can't fit all these people in. And we had 45 security guards and 50 bar staff ready for this club. Wow. And, you know, we're sitting there. And we were running around like headless chooks. We were just, it was insane. It was like there were so many things to do, so many things to think about because this is the first night. This is opening night. Everything was going to be just crazy. We knew that we had to make sure we had the right staff on. We had to have the right security on, the right door girl, the right, the right amount of stock, the right music, were the DJs right, the lights right, was the furniture going to stand up, was the toilets going to work. You know, everything, <laughs> everything that has to happen and it goes through your head. So we opened the doors and all night we were just running from problem to problem. We were like, we almost felt like I was carrying a fire extinguisher because we'd run up to one bar because there'd be something happening up there that didn't work. And then we'd run to another bar because another staff member didn't want to work because it was too much pressure and someone was abusing that person. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, and the security, there would be a fight here and they're kicking somebody out because that's what they thought we wanted and so on and so on. Anyway. This went on for a number of months, actually, for the first couple of months. But then by around about four or five months, you know, we were able to start to settle down because we started getting our systems in place. We knew the right staff to put on at the right times. We knew that we had the right security. The right stock amount was going to be there. All of our systems for the staff doing the bits and pieces was all in place. And it became actually an easy night for us. And and not only did we have 2,000 people, we had th over three to 3,500 people come through the venue a night. It's a lot. And all we did was drink coffee and just hardly – we hardly worked at all, meaning that our systems were taking over so that we didn't have to work. We didn't have to run around. We knew that if there was a problem, the system or whatever system we put in place was able to fix that system or fix that problem. So, mm. so it became a, man, a matter of inserting systems into what we knew because at the time we were in over. It was like I remember thinking after the first two two nights, I'm like, I can't keep this up for another year or two years or however long I want to work here. This is insane. I I am physically tired. I put a I put a a pace not a pacemaker a um <laughs> a, you know the how you measure your steps. Oh, oh, pedometer? Pedometer. So I'm wearing yeah. a suit, right? I'm wearing a suit and tie in a nightclub and I walked in, in, in nice shoes and I still walked over five miles a night in a suit. Oh, wow. So I'm getting, getting my fitness right. So five miles, 7K or whatever it was in a night um, 
And I'm thinking, I can't do this every night. This is just insane. I was exhausted. My legs were killing me. But anyway, so what, what, what the point was is that once the systems kicked in, then it became really easy. I had people coming up to me saying, oh, you never do any work, do you? All you do is stand there and drink coffee and talk to people. Hey, that's like the entrepreneurs that like a lot of people look at and they, they aspire to be like, and then they get that little envy, envy bug and they're like, it just looks like they never work. Right. So, like so, then, so all you do is not, don't work. <clears throat> and, my, and my point is that, you know what, I worked my ass off before that. Mm. I had to get the systems in place. I did it. Now I'm reaping the rewards later. Yes, I can stand here in a nightclub and drink coffee and I can talk to people or whatever I want to drink, <laughs> talk to people um, and not feel like I have to run around. I didn't, I didn't. I, you know, I went from seven miles a night to around about two because I'd mm -hmm. often walk around the club, but I knew what I needed to check. I didn't, there wasn't spot fires being, having to be put out or anything like that. I had the right people doing the right things and those systems saved my ass and it saved my overwhelm and, and we worked hard on the systems because the systems have to change. You know, we had a system in place and it may be wrong. It may not be the best and most effective system, so we'd go and change it. So... I guess my, my point is that once you, like you did, you, you sat down, you wrote down what you needed, you needed a beach location, you needed a photographer, or sorry, you needed mm -hmm. a studio or a, a photographer, you needed hair and makeup and so on. Um, yep. You put that into a, a system. Now, I'm guessing that the next, the next month, they probably said, you know what, Heather, go and do it again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. They said, you did a good job of them last month. Go and do it again. Now, what did you do? Did you have the same problem of overwhelm? No, you didn't. You would have just said, you know, okay, now I know. My system is I've got to go and find the photographer, then I'll go and find the makeup, then I'll go and, and – and you probably had your own little system in place that made the overwhelm a lot less um, apparent. Because I'd already written down what I needed. But more importantly, I now had a team and contacts that mm. I could use again. So I, you know, I looked at it from a perspective of I'm building something where, you know, that, yeah, there's a system, but suddenly I'm bringing in a team and there's, there, it, it becomes more than just me. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, after a few of these, I almost even could just sit back knowing that the hair and the makeup people I used knew me now and they kind of just ran the, the session, you know, yeah, exactly. the photographer knew what to do and all that. So it's great. I have a, I mean, I have a bunch of stories that keep telling all these different stories about <laughs> overwhelm at the start. But once you put a system in place, look at our magazine. You know, I yeah. spend forty hours a month putting a magazine together every month. Did I like it? No, I hated it. But what I was able to do is put a system in place where I, my my um, involvement in the magazine now is extremely minimal. Extremely, I'm talking less than twenty minutes. Yeah, because we, we have what you put together is this – we use a project management tool called Basecamp. There's mm -hmm. lots of cool ones out there. But yep. um, it allows you to, to actually create projects where you have to-dos already templated in. And because you spent the time developing what's actually needed, it's almost like a click of a button where you go, boom, new magazine issue coming out. Here's all the to-dos. And then they're assigned to the team and then our team takes over. Yep. In fact, I'm I'm heavy heavy into creating a whole bunch of systems for all of our content. Even yeah. even stuff for this podcast, you're going to see a few extra things coming up, um, possibly down the track. But um, that's all part of systems and putting that overwhelm in place. And I guess you know, I guess the this whole concept, this whole not concept, the whole um, discussion came about from people that you and I have been speaking to just this week. And it's not just the first time this week. I mean, we're hearing it every single week. People saying. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. It's all too big. Start somewhere. Just start somewhere and somewhere small and just go, let me just do one and do one piece really well. 
and then I can add another piece later. But don't yeah. don't get don't don't go into overwhelm where you actually close down and do nothing. The way I like to look at it is, I guess, if you're looking in chunks of online, your online business, you're looking at you have your website, you have your social media, you have your lead generation and your lead follow up. Really, um, I what other chunks? Like I'm trying to think kind of big picture here for everybody what they need to look at. What other areas would oh, you say? Well, I guess I guess the thing is, um, it's more of a question: of What do you want to achieve? Like, what Good is point. it? What is it that you want to get out of whatever it is you're doing? If it's social media, what are you doing social for? Is it branding, or is it to connect with new people? Is it to follow your current um, your current clients just to see what they're doing, or is it to go and spy on your competitors? Like, what mm. do you want to do? What's the point of it? And then say, okay, if my point is branding. I want, I've got a new website. I want to get people to know about my new website, my new brand, my new product. Okay, what do I need to do first? Okay, so I have the ability to go to Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, G+, whatever whatever site you want to go to. Now, which one do I go to? I mean, these people asked me questions last night. I don't know which one I should go to. Well, where are your target market hanging out? I don't know. Well, who is your target market? I don't know. Okay, then let's get clear on that. Who's your target market? Find out what they like. Where do they hang out? What do they like to eat? Where do they go and shop? What movies do they watch? What restaurants do they go and hang out at? And once you know that target market, then you're going to find out, wow, these people in general like Pinterest more than anything else. So maybe I should spend a little bit of time on Pinterest for a week or two. Forget about Google+. Forget about LinkedIn. Because at the moment, you're probably doing it badly anyway. So forget about it and just say, let me play with Pinterest for the next week and a half and see what I get. Look at my results. Measure what you've done and then find out what sort of results you get. And if and then, then you can make a decision whether Pinterest is for you or not. And if it's not, scrap it and don't go back for <laughs> until you've played with the other ones. And I think what I'm hearing here is that clarity is key. The, mm. the more clear you are, the less overwhelm you have because you know exactly what you need to do mm-hmm. and I guess the other thing here is start with the end in mind like you're saying first of all get very clear on where you want your business to go what do you want it to look like you know what are you going to be selling what are you actually what are your bigger vision for for you know who you are and what you stand for mm-hmm. and then work backwards from there by finding your right market by then thinking okay now that I know my market what can I sell to my market great mm-hmm. now that I know what to sell how do I develop the systems and the things to support selling that and how do I then reach that market? Where do they hang out? So it really is like that trickle effect of starting big and then trickling down to the little baby steps from there. But if you're not clear at that big, big picture, then how could you possibly even know what else you need to do? Yes. Very good. You know, I think we're um, coming to the end of the end of our time. But I think one of the biggest things is get get a get yourself a notepad and write down what is it that you really want to do. What get clear in what it is that you want, and then take it one step at a time. That's my advice. That's that, that's what I've learned. Um, knowing knowing from all of these pub experiences, going through magazines and all that sort of stuff is yes, it's overwhelming at the start. But by the time you've been through it for a, a small amount of time or even a couple of times, then you are going to find it. Wow, that was easy. I wish, what was I worried about, you know? 
Very, very, very true. There's something very rewarding, guys, about sitting down with a notepad or Word open or your iPad or whatever it is and literally just writing, what do I want to accomplish in a year, 90 days, and then chunk it down into the actual different sections and what you need to do. That is is a very fun exercise and and actually quite easy. It seems, again, overwhelming. But when you start to do that, you're going to get out, come out the other side thinking, I know what I stand for. I know what I want to achieve. And I, wow, actually have steps to go after it. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, I think um, we're going to wrap it up here. H, where else can people find out more about this and leave us a review? Please, please, please come on over to autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. That's where we have our show notes and our resources, and you can sign up for weekly reminders whenever we release a new episode. We would love to have a review from you as well if you want to pop on over to iTunes right now and just tell us what you think. And lastly, guys, if you don't have our AYB guide yet, our survival guide, we'd love for you to come over and get that AYB guide.com. We um, have some really cool little templates in there and videos, and then we give you some ongoing resources on just the things that you need to be aware of as a business owner in your online marketing. Yes. Awesome. All right, H. Well, great talking to you. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Yay. (laughs) All right. See you, everybody. Take care. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Bye. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to AYBpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com. Or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.